Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership Team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Well, hello, I'm Dustin Rubio. <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible imitation. Great. But uh, no, I'm not Dustin Rubio. Hi to those that are watching. Hi to those that are listening. Uh, I'm Ollie, Ollie Ward. I uh, head up the youth ministry track here at Regents. And I'm sat in the big chair today, looking out at the vista, which I assume will one day be mine. <laughs> uh, but the reason I'm sat in the big chair, the reason I'm hosting it is because our guest is the, the glorious, uh, superbly bearded and remarkably attractive <laughs> Tim Alford. Hi, uh, Ollie. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's fun to be the guest on the on the yeah. podcast rather yeah. than the host. For those that are watching, since we last did uh, a session together a few months ago, we've we've swapped we've swapped chairs. Yeah, though remarkably, is still wearing the same clothes. It just it's happened. Coincidentally, it just, it just that's yeah. what you know. Is, this is this is my <laughs> podcast shirt. Oh, okay. That's I put this on when I'm when I'm interviewing people. Yeah. Uh, so, our topic for this month is Gen Z. Yes. Yes, and you're going to talk to us about that. Uh, someone's just fallen down outside. Don't worry about that. Uh, so Gen, Gen Z, talk. What? Why is why is Gen Z important? Why is this generation thing important? Talk us through that. Yeah, I like to think of the the the, the, the famous scripture that we read in One Chronicles about the men of Issachar. Yes, and it says there that the men of Issachar they understood the signs of the times. And it shows us that because they understood the signs of their times, they knew the best course for Israel to take. Okay. And so perhaps those of us who have maybe come to theological college, we've learned how to do a biblical exegesis. But I think if we are to minister successfully, mm-hmm. we also need to, to learn how to do a cultural exegesis. Nice. Uh, to understand the culture, what it's telling us, and to to allow that to impact how we do youth ministry. Uh, if we understand the signs of the times, if we understand the hallmarks of this generation, Generation Z, then that should have an impact on our practice. Uh, and that should enable us to know the best course to take to reach and disciple this generation. So that's why I think it's an important discussion to have. Great, great. So it's, a, it's about understanding and paying attention and listening and being present to a culture yes why, why gen z why is it gen z uh well i guess because it was x and y and that uh, just i mean it was the alphabet good so yeah we're, we're just, <laughs> what yeah. happens next we're, we're at the end now. well what's interesting actually yeah and, and that is a good question because what's interesting about generation z is um uh, so okay so let, so let me tell you who generation z is that they they're born uh, generational marks are fluid rather than static so we're looking at sometime between 1996 and 2010 born between 1996 and 2010 okay. so some people would say that goes up to as far as 2015 right that that generation born up to 2015 uh, but it's somewhere somewhere in that ballpark 1996 somewhere between 2010 and 2015 born in that time and they are they're the largest generation in modern history, so they represent about 26% of the wow. population. And when you, what's interesting when, when you say what happens next is it is possible that this is the last generation in that sense that we will speak of because of the speed of change. So tomorrow will be more about what difference a day makes rather than what difference a generation makes. So it's, it's possible that this could be 
not just because we'd have to start at Generation A or A1 or whatever, but just because of the speed of change, it happens it happens more quickly than a generation now. Okay. So it, it, it may it may make talking of generational markings obsolete. Wow. Um, but it's not now because um, Gen Z are possibly the most influential generation in, in modern history, uh, which is another reason why it's really important to understand them mm-hmm. uh, and to and to to minister accordingly. Yeah. And I suppose they're. This largely, as youth ministers, that's that. Those, that's the generation we're working with. That's right. Largely. It is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so absolutely crucial to our listeners. Hundred percent. Okay. Good. Well, you. I've heard you say that there are seven. Is that right? Seven defining factors. Yeah. Generation Z. Now we're not going to cover all of them in this podcast. We're going to save some for for another because that would just be be too much. But we are going to cover the first three. The first three. And the first one is they are recession marked. Yes. What the heck does that mean? Well, before I unpack uh, what that means, let me just give credit where credit's due. There's a couple of key sources I've used for this. And for further reading, study, I would really recommend that, that people pick up a couple of sources. Firstly, Meet Generation Z by James Emery White. Great. So a, a, a lot of what I'll be sharing has, has come from that source. So readers, go if you haven't already, go get that. And also in 2017, uh, Youth for Christ published a really helpful bit of research called Gen Z Rethinking Culture. Mm-hmm. And that's really helped me in my thinking about Generation Z as well. So, so go pick that up from, from the Youth for Christ uh, website. Great. So those have been a couple of key sources. There have been other research that I've looked at as well for this. And of course, a lot of it has come out of my own practice of doing youth ministry every week and what I'm learning about this generation from the time I spend with young people locally and with youth leaders around the country and what I learned from them too. But I just want to say that those are those are a couple of sources that have really helped me. So go check those out. Helpful. Um, so recession mark, what does that mean? Well, if you think about the what we talked about, the, the, the dates of when those uh, those those young people were born or generations that were born, um, what, what it means is that they they have they've lived through two major financial crashes yes they've never known anything than um recession marked economics they've never known anything uh other than the war on terror they they don't know a a pre-9-11 world Uh, and so their understanding of the world is that it's broken and that it's fragile um and and there's an understanding along with that that uh, the adults are responsible. So there's 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 an understanding that um, that the previous generations have let them down, and so as a result, you see quite a lot of cynicism about leaders, particularly politicians and institutions. Right. So there's a lot of a lot of cynicism. There was a because it's their fault. Because it's their fault. Yeah. Because they've led us into a recession. Because there's a because they've led us into a war on terror. And because the all of the rubbish that we experience now has been caused by the the previous generations. That's the that's the conception of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting for us as leaders, a church, which yeah, many could argue is an institution, though we wouldn't like to call it that. Um, it could be described as that. Um, so, so so that's difficult to overcome that cynicism. Um, and, 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 and as a result, there is a perceived need in, in Gen Z to, to start over, to, to, to undo the mistakes of the past. Think, think about the most, the most common stories and films mm-hmm. of the, those kind of YA films. I'm talking about stuff like um, 
The Hunger Games, uh, Divergent, Maze Runner, yeah. those kinds yeah. of stories. Yeah. Yeah. All, it's all the same narrative. And the narrative is a dystopian future caused by the adults, which is rescued by the teenagers. Yeah, and they're all living together in this other society somehow, yeah. yeah exactly, yeah. and that's the narrative of the culture, that there's a, there's a need to start over. So MTV conducted a, a survey with Gen Z, and they, they asked the question, how would you describe uh, your generation if you were given the chance to do that? And the name that they came up with was The Founders. The founders. The founders. Okay. Because there's a because because everything that's been before has to be undone. We have to start all over again. Wow. Uh, so so that's how this kind of uh, the the fact that the generation are recession mark in terms of the time frame that they were born has impacted their outlook on the world. Okay. So that that we're talking that's quite a large scale kind of philosophy overarching kind of thinking here. What what does that mean? For us, do we do we need to do we need to scrap everything and start something brand new with these with these young people? Do we do we kind of give up on church and give up on sort of how, how does that understanding of these young people are recession marked? How do, what do I do with that as a practitioner as a as a youth worker? Yeah, well, I think I think with that there are challenges and opportunities. Um, the challenge is the cynicism, the inherent cynicism about leaders mm-hmm. uh, about adults about institutions I remember one time in uh, my youth group that I serve in every week here in Malvern uh, having a discussion around our kind of cafe tables as we do uh, and in my group um, uh, Vicky who, who's brilliant um, went, went on a absolute massive rant <laughs> about politics and politicians she just went, I mean, she just absolutely went crazy. Just a full-blown rant. Uh, she was talking about Trump, and she was talking about Theresa May, and she sure. was saying, and, the, and, the, and this and that. Uh, but when I asked why she thought that, she wasn't able to articulate it. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't based in an understanding, you know, whatever you think of Trump or, or May is not the question that, we're, that I'm trying to illustrate here. It's the point that her opinion was not based in an understanding of their politics. Her opinion was based in an inherent cynicism that she and her generation carry. Um, and I'm not saying that there aren't young people who are really intelligent about politics, because, of course, sure. there's loads of those. And with all of these terms that we're using, Ollie, we, we are talking in generalisations, yes, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. and not, not all of these can be applied to every young person born in, in, in that period, part of generation sure. 10, of course, but we're talking about trends. That's right. what we're talking about. And that's illustrative of that. So there's the challenge there to overcome. But there is also an opportunity because don't we serve a God who is making everything new? Uh, and and the, 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 the desire to be creative, the desire to, to undo what is, what is bad and to create something that is good mm-hmm. is, is Jesus all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think as, as youth workers, we can take hold of that. Um, and yeah, maybe we can shed some light on some of the things that perhaps uh, are undervalued or misconceived as wrong mm-hmm. uh, or, or bad. Uh, but there are definitely some things that they would be passionate about that do need reinventing. Uh, and how do we support them to do that uh, and encourage them to do that? I think that's a real gospel thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I guess it strikes me that we, we as Christians have a relationship with the one that really can make a sustainable, uh, healthy 
beautiful world and society going forwards based on those principles. So we yeah. can we can kind of inspire that and, and help that. Absolutely. Yeah. Great great stuff. Uh, so the second the second marker, they're Wi-Fi enabled. Wi-Fi enabled, yeah. And this is perhaps the defining factor okay. of, of this generation. And and, it, and it's different to being a digital native um, yes. as millennials were before them because this is the the Wi-Fi in your pocket generation. This is the generation who's never known anything other than instant access to information and to connectivity. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the thing that has shaped this generation more than anything else. I, I mentioned earlier on the, the Youth for Christ research, Rethinking Culture. Um, uh, and one of the questions that they asked was, what, what activities or hobbies do you enjoy doing in your spare time? The top three answers were all to do with consuming media. So number one was watching YouTube videos. 81% said watching YouTube was their favorite thing to do. Um, um, They could, obviously, they could say more than one thing. Um, TV and films was with 77% said they like to do that in their spare time. And 74% said using social media was one of their favorite things to do uh, in, in, in their spare time. So... There's this constant, um, there's this constant engagement with media. There's this constant in, uh, in de- engagement with information and with and with connectivity, mm-hmm. um, and that again has to be something that impacts our youth ministry. So here's something I'm wrestling with. Mm. Please, social media, whether we like it or not, is where young people are connected and where they're shaped. Mm-hmm. It's where their community is built. It's where their ideas are formed. Uh, it's where their information is gathered. Yeah. It's... It, and yet, we in our youth ministries rightly have appropriate policies which prevent us sure. from engaging with our young people through that medium. Or at least, or at least control our... Or yeah, helpfully controlled. Yes. Yeah. So, for example, in my youth group, we're allowed to we're allowed to engage with our young people on Messenger, but only if there are two people from the team in, in that chat. Right. Very um, wise. So yeah, and so I'm not criticising the principles, but I have found, and I don't know if you found this in your youth ministry, but I've certainly found it to be true in in mine, that our young people are way more articulate via Messenger or WhatsApp. Mm than they are in person Mm. Um, and they're able to express their concerns their their feelings their views uh, more accurately and more expressively through a digital medium than they are in a a face-to-face encounter i remember one particular moment where um uh, we had a a disclosure uh in, in our youth group and one of the young people uh just in the conversation said that something had happened to her which needed to be followed up with all of the appropriate procedures. And so I kind of, you know, in the moment followed all the things that I've learned to do and been taught to do. And I asked all the appropriate questions so that I could feed that back to our safeguarding officer and all of that. And I was asking the questions and, and, and their answers were yes, no, don't know, no, yes. And uh, I left that conversation feeling like, that was a really terrible conversation, you know. I, that could have gone a lot better. Sure. Later that evening, through Messenger, 
she contacted me to say, just wanted to say thank you so much for that conversation. It really, really helped me. Uh, I really felt like uh, you cared. I really felt like I was being listened to. And I was like, you were in a different conversation <laughs> yeah. to me because that's not how I not remember had, this conversation. Yeah. But from single word answers to this whole kind of exposition really of how she was feeling and yeah, her emotions yeah. on the digital medium. Mm. And, and, and so I don't know that I've solved that yet, but I think that it's something that we as youth leaders really need to wrestle with, Ollie, is how do we, how do we utilize and access digital platforms which are the primary means where young people are being engaged and where they're being shaped and yet still have the wisdom of of protecting our young people and protecting our team members from getting into so um the, the, again in the, in the youth of christ research they, they found out that um 92 of young people go online every single day mm-hmm. so almost everybody goes online every single day but 69% said that they never attend a youth group. Wow. And, if, and, if the, and if you took, asked that question of 15 to 18-year-olds, that statistic would be significantly greater in terms of those who never uh, attend a youth group as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and so social media provides, a, provides a, a, an access, a voice, a microphone to a generation that our youth groups do not. Mm. And so they, surely that has to impact our, our practice. Surely that has to impact how we do youth ministry. And I'm still wrestling with that. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Uh, but um, but I, know, I, know it's, I know we need to think seriously about, about it. That's good. So, so we're saying that is a marker of, of this generation. I, I guess my, I'm, I'm sat here thinking, in a, in a way, that's a shame for me because I'm, I'm really keen on presence on on face-to-face communication uh, i'm much better at face-to-face communication than i am on i mean i post like once a year or something on instagram yeah. when i remember and it's always it looks awful compared to everything else i see um to what extent should we challenge that marker of this generation and so, and particularly when there's also research that suggests it's not the healthiest thing to always be online always be communicating like this um, to what extent is it just that's what's happening? So we need to get on board, otherwise we lose contact with them. And to what extent do we need to say, actually, no, no, no challenge our young people to to meet up face to face, to to engage with us in a human conversation? Yeah, that's a really great question um, because there are negative impacts. Um, so sixty-seven percent of the young people who engaged in that Youth for Christ survey said that though it was one of their top three favorite things they like to do, use yeah. social media, it was the number one answer when asked what, what thing has the most negative impact on your life. 67% said the number one thing is, is social media. Yeah. And, and we, know, we know how that impacts brain development. We know uh, about the whole comparison problem of social media, that, that our social feeds are edited and curated and it's not an accurate representation of our lives. Life is about ups and downs and wins and losses and highs and lows, but, but our Instagram feeds are about highs, wins and, you know, Successes. Yeah, unless you look at mine, which is all just me looking bored. Okay, okay. Unless you look but at yours, so you're back in the trend. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but so, so you get that comparison thing, which is like that person's life looks so much better than mine. They, they're on, they're going on better holidays. They're more successful. They're more popular. They're more attractive. But it's not true. It's just that you're comp- comparing your worst bits to everyone else's best bits. 
And so there's the negative impact on our on our mental health. We we know that it's having an impact on their social skills, as, as I described in the in the kind of story earlier. Um, that they're they're less able to engage in general terms in, in kind of face to face conversation, and that's a skill that's being yeah. being lost. Which to um, me is a real shame. Yeah, and and and, and I imagine there's there's still going to be a job interview that isn't digital. You know, they're still going to have to sit in front of a panel and give an account of themselves. So that so that is a skill we still we still need to have right. even in a digital world. You know, so so there are challenges. And so my approach to that, Ollie, is not to say, okay, well, listen, you need to become a digital hermit and hand your phone in. And you know, get ask, ask your mum for her Nokia phone that she had in the nineties. So all snake. you can do is yeah, yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> so you can play snake. Um, my approach is to help our young people manage their social media use. Um, so I encourage three things really. Uh, the first is, and these are, these are really countercultural, really crazy. Um, but the first is a, a, a social media curfew. Now that sounds really old and boring, but. But what we know about our phones is that they emanate a blue light, and that blue light inhibits the level of melatonin in our brains, which is the chemical that tells us it's time to go to sleep, right. which means that when we actually try to go to sleep, it's more difficult to go to sleep. And teenagers need need between eight and 10 hours of sleep a night. If they have anything less than seven, they're significantly sleep deprived. Wow. But the challenge also with the phones is not only the blue light, it's that we... We, we keep it on, 94% of young people keep their phone on in their bedroom. Mm. Um, and when that notification buzzes and it goes off, what that does is it breaks our sleep cycle. Um, so it's not just that we've been woken up and got less sleep, it's that we've had less deep and restorative sleep because right, we haven't right, had right. a full sleep cycle. Right. Um, and, and, so, and so I encourage, therefore, have a social media Sabbath. I encourage you an hour before you go to bed, to switch your phone off or put it on airplane mode, after which time you're not going to look at it, so you don't get the blue light. After which time uh, uh, you, you're not going to engage with it, so you don't. So you give your brain a break from the comparison uh, yeah, that's nice. constantly on there, um, so that it doesn't buzz at night time and wake you up. Because sleep is such a big deal. Yeah, I, mean, I think we could all do with a bit more sleep. Yeah, especially you as a new yeah. dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, but for teenagers particularly, it's a particularly big deal because of because the brain is still developing, and it can actually uh, and being sleep deprived will will it will damage their brain development. Wow! So it's a really serious thing. So my encouragement to our young people is: hey, an hour if you can't do an hour, thirty minutes before you go to bed, switch it off, put it on airplane mode, just do anything to resist temptation to look at it, get rid of that blue light. Don't be messaging in bed. Don't be looking on Instagram and comparing yourself to people. Just 30 minutes, give yourself a break, switch it off and get a good night's sleep. Um, And the other, and this one's even more crazy thing that I try and encourage young people to do is is to take a social media Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Um, The principle of the Sabbath has been practiced by, uh, well, Christians and Jews for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. I think it's a healthy principle. Um, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's good for us. Um, and I honestly believe that if Jesus was teaching now, he'd be encouraging us to practice practice a digital Sabbath too. So I've been doing this now for, well, nearly two years, uh, where I have 24 hours 
with no social media. So it's complete cut off, complete. Not not from my phone, right? But from social media. Social media, okay. Yeah, so I'll still text or whatever, um, or look at BBC Sport. But <laughs> course, yeah. but I'll have twenty four hours every week where I don't look at social media, and it's been so good for me. It's been so good for me. Just that period of rest of giving my brain a break. For me, social media is so so tied in to work that sure. I need to do it. Sure. But for young people as well, I just think it's a healthy practice, giving them that time to be present, like you said, to yeah, yeah, yeah. the people around them, to, to themselves, to, uh, to to God. Yeah. Um, so I encourage yeah. that too. And I guess it gives you a break from the pressure to constantly represent yourself and, yeah. and not sell yourself, but, but put out yourself online. That's right. Image. It gives yeah. you just a break from that. But here's, here's why this is... E- easier for me than it is for Generation Z. See, for me, when I was at school, FOMO was about not getting invited to the party that all my friends were going to. Yes. So, you know, I knew that if all my friends went to a party that I didn't go to, or that I didn't get invited to, or whatever, or I couldn't go to, then uh, relationships would be being formed, that community would be being built, that stories would be being written, yeah. and I would not be a part of it. I would be missing out. That was that was my FOMO. But all we need to understand for our young people is that now that party is twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. So that that party is is it, it, it's not a party, but it's the WhatsApp group, but it's the it's the snap streak. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the fear is that um, if they disengage from social for a period of time, then they miss out on what community being built on relationships being built on stories being formed and one thing that i think people who are from previous generations like me need to understand is that it's not a case of um uh what's in front of you is real and digital is fake that is that is not the case for generation z because real community and real friendships are built online online yeah um i I was taking a, a few young people up to Rush Trampoline Park in Birmingham. They were in my car, three of them in my car. Uh, and there was, we had a few cars going up to um, up, up, up and uh, to, to the trampoline park for a trip. Mm-hmm. And two of them, well, they were all on their phones, but two of them were on their phones in the same conversation. Right. So they were talking to each other and another friend. And as I was talking to them, as we as I was driving. They were saying, oh, yeah, this person is our online best friend. That's that exact quote, our online best friend. And they said, we talk to her every day. We have a real good friendship with her, but we've never met her. So for Generation Z, their social circles aren't limited to their school or their church youth group or what's, what's in front of them anymore. And, and, and so we need to, we need to change our language um, as youth workers and as adults, we can't be saying that, oh, what's in front of you is real and, and what's digital is fake, because that is just not accurate. Um, so I think, I think it works both ways. Yes, I think we can encourage some healthy practices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, but I think that we, those of us who are older, youth workers, parents, whatever, need to get a better understanding and need to learn how to engage with it well also. Right, and so when we get angry or as a parent or youth worker about them always being online or, or not, disconnecting from online to talk to us and be present, what we're kind of saying is stop stop going to parties, don't hang out with your friends, yes. be here. Yes. Stop doing that fake thing but to them is that is their that is their life. That exactly. is their friends. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, helpful. helpful. Yeah. Good. Well let's let's move on then to the third principle. Yeah. Which is 
Gen Z are passionate about making a difference. They are. The third um, marker. And this is, this is where the first two, which may have sounded a little bit negative, yes. become something that's really positive. Because the, conversa- the, the conversation, the combination, <laughs> I should say, of them being uh, recession-marked and Wi-Fi-enabled means that they're both passionate about, remember, the founders, the yes, start yes, over, yes, yes, but yes. also because they're Wi-Fi-enabled, able to make a difference. Interesting. So here we have a generation that that doesn't that, that are entrepreneurial because they don't have the need for intermediaries in the way that previous generations did. So they don't need necessarily teachers or libraries anymore because they've got YouTube. And if they want to find out how to do something, they want to find out they want to learn to, to swim or they or they or do some DIY or or how to edit a YouTube video or what or how to do photography, they just go on YouTube and they find a tutorial and they teach themselves. This is really cool. So so that so, so so they're really entrepreneurial. They they think creatively uh, and they're able to they're able to make a difference. I I don't know if you saw the whole thing about um uh, at the last Winter Olympics, the GB women's bob- bobsleigh team. Did you see this? Um, possibly. So, so, so Micah McNeil, it, it was the, I don't know what they call it in the bobsleigh, but the leader of the team, essentially. Right. And um, the, they, all of their funding got pulled. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the men's team still has some funding, but the women's team, their, their, their funding got pulled. I don't know how that was okay, but that is what, that is what happened. Um, and, and so Mike McNeil, rather than whining about it, being a Gen Setter, what did she do? She went online, she set up a GoFundMe page. She set up a GoFundMe page to, to try and raise £30,000, uh, and they hit that target in a week. They raised more than £40,000 in total, and they finished in sixth place, which was better than any of the men's bobsleigh teams did in that Amazing. Winter Olympics. So you, you get this... The, you get this kind of there. It's a generation of self-starters, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, who can get themselves, who can get themselves going. But but it is a generation who wants to make a difference as well. Yeah. So um, uh, we we've got a girl in, in our youth group who who recently became a Christian. But even before she became a Christian, she volunteers her every Saturday to help at St Richard's Hospice charity shop. She could be out with her friends or watching Netflix, but she's too chosen to give her Saturdays to, to make a difference to something. Mm. And there's just this amazing story where, and, so, and this perfectly illustrates passionate about and able to make a difference because it's both of the things combined. So she's walking through Worcester City Centre, which is the city nearest where I live in Malvern. Um, and she's walking through the city centre and she sees a homeless man. Well, she's passionate about that. Um, so rather than just doing what, what I, to my shame, sometimes do, which is like, I don't know, look down at my phone or power on pass because I'm in a rush, she stops. She shares her milkshake with him and has a conversation with him for 45 minutes. At this point, she's recently become a Christian. She gets her Bible out. She gives him some Bible verses. She lets him know that he's loved no matter what. And, he, and she listens to his story. She finds out why he's there on the street and why he's not been able to get another place to live and and how he's just desperate to get himself back on his feet. But because she's Gen Z and she's passionate and able to make a difference, she doesn't just leave it there with a conversation. She says, hey, do you mind if I help? 
Um, and she gets out her phone. She takes a photo of him and her together. She posts it on Facebook saying, hey, this is Andy. And this is his story. This is why he's lost his, his job. This is why he's lost his home. Um, I want to help him get a job. Can you help? It gets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shares on Facebook. Um, it gets picked up by the Malvern Gazette. Amazing. And this guy ends up with a painting and decorating job. Fantastic. And it's, it's the perfect illustration of what we're talking about here. She's passionate about making a difference, but because of being Wi-Fi enabled, her mind automatically thinks, I can use social here mm. to help and she did. Mm. And uh, so it's a brilliant story, but it's really perfectly illustrative right. of this thing about being passionate uh, about and able to make a difference. That's very good. Let me, let me just quickly take you back to something you said a little bit earlier. Um, that's excellent. Hats off to, to her. Um, something that, that makes me clench a little bit yeah. as a teacher and get worried where you say that they don't really need teachers. They don't really need libraries. They don't really need us as youth workers because if they're really interested about something, they'll just go online and find out. And I think there's some truth to that. So that makes me nervous. Um, should start firing up the CV just in case. Uh, so <laughs> many students coming here because they want to learn. Don't yeah. Me. yeah. So what is our our role in this then, as 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 teachers, as youth workers, as uh, pastors to these to this this group of young people, this Gen Z? What what should we be doing? Yeah. Well, what what it isn't is purveyors of information because they don't need us to be that. Mm. But Here's the thing. They have endless amounts of information, but virtually no mentors. Mm. And so that's where the role of, of the youth worker, of the teacher, comes in. We are, Really, it's discipleship, isn't it? We help to shape, to hone, to, uh, to target, to mature, to grow their passions. Not, uh, and on the podcast we recorded with you about practical theology, mm-hmm. um, you said to the effect of it's not about telling them what to think, it's about enabling them to think for themselves. How um, to think, yeah, yeah. How to think, exactly. Now, yeah, so, so we don't need to be the people who go A, B, C, though I'm not saying there's not a place for teaching and unpacking the Bible and all of that kind of stuff, um, particularly if that's not the kind of information that they're after for themselves, because sure. we know that there are still some things that, that are important and that yeah, they need yeah. to know. But I think, it's, we, I think the difference is, we're not purveyors of information, we're, we're mentors, we're disciples. Yeah, and I guess there's part of that is to, to help them know how to navigate this digital world healthily. Yes, and, and to, absolutely. And to make like, some of the stuff you were saying earlier about the fact that their Wi-Fi was always there to, to mentor them in, it's great, and let me, let me help release you and connect you and, and be part of that with you. Yeah. But also let me help you maintain your own personal health. That's right, yeah. And, and I guess wisdom. Exactly right. Exactly right. Because knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Things, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't make you wise. Just because you have a lot of information doesn't mean that you have a lot of wisdom. Uh, and so again, that's where the role of the youth worker, who hopefully does have a bit of wisdom, come, you know, can come in and help take that information and apply it appropriately. Thank you. And I guess there's also a challenge there as well to to, to me and to, I guess to others listening to to think bigger in terms of like their 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 scope for connectivity yeah. is so huge that's right. because of the world that's available to them. For, for us and for me to think bigger about can I get them connected in with social projects, can I get them connected in with global audiences, with this, that and the other, Yeah, um, yeah, which is, which is important. 
That's it. Yeah, good. Well, just just go through us, with us then those those three markers, the first three that we talked about. Yeah. So we said that they're recession marked, that they're Wi-Fi enabled, and that they're passionate about and able to make a difference. Those are the the first three, and uh, we'll get into the to the last four next month. Great. Well, thank thank you so much. Very very good stuff, and uh, have a great week, listeners. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.